Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. <laughs> now, back to Will and Dibby on 95.7 The Game. Oh, not just Will and Dibby. It's also Mr. Dot, Dot, Dot. Yeah. yeah. We'll explain to Mike Silver in a second why we're calling him that. I'm not asking him a darn thing. He laughed at me. <laughs> Mike, do you know that your awesome cackle has become an amazing part of our show in the last two weeks? Do you even know that? No idea. I'm sorry. I've okay. been running around and... I'm out of that loop. So um, let, let's let you in on it. It was a couple of weeks ago wow. where uh, Dibs brought up the idea of Jimmy Garoppolo on the 49ers next year. And, be- and before he could even finish the question, this is what came from you. <laughs> and and we loved it. And, and that now, it, it's, it's a supportive piece of our show because now uh, our, our team just can can play that whenever we say something and it makes us feel like we're funny. So we appreciate you. <laughs> well, and for context, I'm not saying there's no way that Jimmy Garoppolo will be on the 49ers next year. I'm saying that the notion that the 49ers might decide, hey, we have decreed that you will be our guy going forward. Here's the deal uh, is laughable because he will have the power in this relationship for the first time. Uh, at least since 2017 uh, in that scenario. And by the way, that would be a good scenario for 49ers fans. It will have meant that they had wild success uh, in the end. Well, just for context, when I was watching the big game and I saw Stanford cough it up and Cal had a scoop and score, I reacted the same way that you did to my Garoppolo question. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I was not laughing. I was going crazy. <laughs> much, much less happy when we proceeded to witness another end zone interception that could have clinched the game a little earlier. So uh, it was an emotional journey, but it ended with bliss. That was yes. a Garoppoloian throw in yes. the red zone. <laughs> Back foot into double coverage? My God. Oh. This is- uh, to a to a little use receiver who didn't fight for the ball, but other than that, it was a good moment. <laughs> but hey, listen, we have the act. Okay. There you go. Yeah, he was trying out for the 49ers. It works for them. So uh, Mike Silver with us as he is every week uh, here on Willard and Dibs, 95.7 The Game. Hey, before we actually move on from that, uh, let me ask you this. With regard to that Garoppolo conversation and him having the power, here's one thing that a lot of us don't feel like we know. I wonder if you do a little bit. What would Jimmy's openness be? to continuing with the 49ers or is there are, are there hurt feelings there what does he want to be elsewhere 
let's give me one week and let's talk about it next week on the show and I'll have much better insight. Okay. Yeah, that's totally fair. Now, with regard to why we called you Mr. Dot, 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 I saw the tweet, the Jeff Wilson trade, dot, 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 is looking regrettable. Do you feel that way or or do you think the 49ers are, are ready to, to, to let Jordan Mason get some run? I think it's regrettable. Obviously, they didn't know that Elijah Mitchell was going to suffer another MCL injury that would keep him out. But, um, you know, this is a system that uh, is very intricate and that requires a degree of familiarity. And it, it is a, you know, having a guy like Jeff Wilson, who knows it well, uh, and obviously has some physical skills, too, I think was a luxury. Um, they tried to do right by him. He, in the wake of the McCaffrey trade, he apparently came to them and said, trade me. They could have said no, and, you know, you deal with it. And I think, in retrospect, knowing what they know now, they probably would have. But, um, you know, it is what it is. They obviously have McCaffrey, and they they can go to Jordan Mason uh, and Ty Davis Price as the next guy. And it might not be disastrous. I'm just saying... Knowing what they know now, they wish they hadn't done that. Uh, and knowing what they know now, the Dolphins are stoked that they did that. And Jeff Wilson will be at Levi's on Sunday, just on the other side of the field. And Raheem Mostert. And when you think about a Dolphins-Niners matchup, you wouldn't have thought about a blood feud or a rivalry game. But does it feel like this matchup is maybe the hottest contested Dolphin-Niner game since the famous Super Bowl from decades ago? <laughs> yeah, I'd have to go back and research, but yeah, it's got some spice to it, right? Um, obviously, Mike McDaniel, uh, who got his first ever head coaching interview and nailed it and became the Dolphins head coach, um, is doing a fantastic job. You know, he inherited a situation where, uh, you know, Brian Flores, who was a very good coach, had not had, uh, you know, was not a super popular guy in that building. Um, especially with his quarterback, who was kind of beaten down. And Mike McDaniel has given to a unconditional love and steamed it up and, among other things, uh, really energized, uh, you know, that building. And, and, you know, they went out and got Tyreek Hill, which obviously was a, was a bold move that has been a game changer for them. So they're explosive. Uh, obviously, they're playing a, a defense that's been very, very stingy for that part of the school. And then... You know, of course, we had the Raheem Mostert comment saying, hey, now i got a quarterback who can fling it. And then, you know, the 49ers reacted accordingly. So that that makes it fun, too. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, a little more on that. Like, that, what's your reaction to, to Raheem Mostert saying that, trying to walk it back, Debo calling him out? Uh, a, a little eyebrow raising, right? I wouldn't have thought of, of issues between Raheem Mostert and not just the 49ers, but, but actual teammates. Well, the Dolphins lead the league in hyperbole when it comes to Tua, right? Tyreek Hill said that he was more accurate than Patrick Mahomes before the season, which you know, seemed like the most laughable thing ever. Now it's less laughable, but I mean, look how far Tua has come. I mean, we're, we're talking about a guy who you know, they, they couldn't wait to get rid of him not that long ago. And now they're, like, risking his health to keep him out there in a game against the Bills in week three, right? Uh, so he, he's definitely, it, it's definitely changed. But, yeah, the thought that 
somebody would be talking about uh, Tua as a quarterback who could really sling it in relation to Jimmy or anyone else would have seemed kind of wild a few months ago. So, you know, I don't know if Raheem Mostert meant, uh, you know, to slight Jimmy or was just speaking truthfully in his mind and not, you know, checking it or if he uh, sincerely wanted to, you know, throw some shade. But, you know, these guys are very, very, uh, you know, intense people who get motivated in a variety of ways. I don't think something like that is going to impact what actually happened, but it makes it more fun. Mostert intimated also that the Niners were rushing him back and not forcing him, but encouraging him to play hurt. Is that a notion that is unheard of in the the NFL, or is that really more endemic of the entire 32 teams? Oh, I would say it's heard of. (laughs) Yeah, um, you know, uh, there's a Players Association to try to protect players the best they can, but a a lot of times players have to look out for their own interests, and uh, those interests will necessarily at times quarrel with the interest of the team, which is keeping the chains of commerce moving and trying to win football games. So, uh, you know, do, do the 49ers organizationally care about Raheem Mostert's long-term health or, uh, you know, future career prospects after leaving the 49ers? Eh, maybe a little, but that's not their primary concern. So, you know, I, I think in this case, there probably was just a difference of opinion. The 49ers were like, yo, you can do this and come back in eight weeks. It'll really help us. And Raheem Mostert was like, I get that, but I'm trying to take care of myself in a position that is not getting premium contracts relative to production and 11 people try to hit me on every play. So, uh, you know, I, I commend Raheem Mostert for looking after his own interests. Uh, they don't always align with the team. Uh, Mike Silver joining us here, Willard and Dibbs, 95.7 The Game. Mike, I'm just going to throw this straight out to you. I remember three weeks ago you saying, hey, this idea that the Chargers are not a good test for the 49ers. Chargers are a solid team. Uh, they passed that test. The Dolphins are even better. They're 8-3, and three, but Vegas is telling us the 49ers are better. Who, who do you think, through your eyes, who's a better football team, 49ers or Dolphins? Well, we're going to see, right? I mean, the Dolphins have been uh, really, really good, but you know, we don't we don't trust them the way we do 49ers, uh, you know, as a national uh, viewing audience because we've seen, you know, something close to this 49er team go on a run last year and almost get to the Super Bowl. We have not seen this Dolphins incarnation uh, win a really big game. That was a nice win over the Bills, obviously, early. But, um, you know, we're, we're going to see. Uh, and we have a really explosive offense against the shut down defense. I mean, I, I feel like the 49ers are better right now, but Dolphins are playing in what looks like a tougher conference, and, and they're doing really well, and we know they're both going to be coached up because McDaniel and Shanahan will bring it. So, uh, I think who will be better on this Sunday is an interesting question. Both of these teams are, are trying for something bigger, and ultimately there will be a reckoning uh, come January, February. I know it's too early to put this defense in historical perspective, but is this that unusual to see a defense this good in the second half of games, four straight shutouts after the intermission? It feels unusual to me. I'd have to look up the numbers. You know, I, I you know, second half is a is a big big deal. Now uh, you can you can uh, you can look at um, you know 
you can look at uh, things like a field goal being missed and, uh, you know, a false start preceding that and some other things that could have led to points. It's not always, you know, perfect. But, yeah, they they obviously have to have your attention when they do something, uh, you know, that significant. And a shutout to shutout. And they just shut out an NFL team. Uh, so, yeah, they're pretty good. Mike, is D'Amico Ryan's gone next year for sure? Well, in a fair and just world, yes, he would be gone for sure. Uh, he is a home run candidate. He schematically is showing you what he can do. He had a decorated career as a player in terms of locker room interactions and leadership. He was known as a leader from the, the second he arrived at the Texans. Um, he is working under uh, an accomplished head coach for a first-rate organization, and you know it's hard to find anyone who comes in contact with him who doesn't talk about you know his great qualities as a motivator, as a leader, as a strategist. So, uh, yeah, if if the world is fair and just, he's at the top of everybody's list. Uh, I would caution you that uh, <laughs> people with D'Amico Ryan's skin color have not always received uh, the fairest treatment in the NFL collectively. There is systemic racism. That was the uh, charge in the Flores lawsuit, and it's uh, it, the definition of systemic racism is what has happened certainly during my 30 plus years covering the league anecdotally and statistically and it is happening now so uh, he should be gone but uh, I've seen a lot of things happen that shouldn't happen yeah no that's a totally fair answer you keep saying if it's a fair and just world which it is not uh, we, we already know that so uh, Mike thanks for that appreciate it and uh, sounds like we get to talk to you again later this week yeah yeah, let's talk later this week. Hopefully, I won't be in an Uber uh, that time, and it'll be it'll be a little smoother. But uh, yeah, it'll be good. No, fan, no, it was all good. Where'd you just arrive, by the way? I uh, just arrived at my parents' house in Los Angeles for a very quick visit before I get back up north. Well, so beautiful. While you're down there, if you can uh, if you can fix the Rams, well, never mind. You don't have that kind of time. Yeah, uh, the Rams are not going to be fixed. It's over. But, you know, if you're the Rams, you're like, cool, cool, we got a ring. It's over. Yeah, exactly. Uh, over for how long? How, how long of a rebuild is that? Uh, let's see. They don't really have any draft picks. The cap is stretched. They're star heavy, and some of those stars might hang it up. And the head coach is probably going to walk away after this year. I think it's a long rebuild. Okay. Nice. All right. Sounds good. That's a great answer. Great. I love it. Mike, thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. There he goes. Mike Silver. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thank you. Mike Silver. <laughs> bye-bye. Go on. Talk to you on, th- on Thursday. He did great for being in an Uber. That's not a comfortable conversation. We've all obviously. done those, yeah. right? I mean... We... Yeah, because you're a guest on many shows, and I've done so many spots. And sometimes, like the call comes in, it's like, ooh, okay, I, I'm, you know, I do it in the car all the time. I don't know if I, I'm not in an Uber very often. Yeah, true. I'm not an Uber guy. Like, I, but I, if I you're do, traveling, like he's traveling right, to LA, right. and you're there for a quick visit, you're not going to rent a car. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. But uh, especially nowadays, where car rentals can be a little pricey, oh right? God, everything is. Everything is. What the heck is? What what is arriving through distribution channels quickly and inexpensive?
Go ahead, name the list. Not many things. Yeah, even like uh, my beloved BART. You take BART to uh, the Oakland Coliseum BART station, then you jump on the BART extension, and they're going to hit you for an extra like six or seven bucks. Seriously. Thank you. Same thing, SFO. Uh, there's not a lot these days. That, I, I, uh, I, I hit Trader Joe's yesterday. Kyle, yeah, what's up? I hit Trader Joe's yesterday. I mean, I've never seen so many empty shelves. Now, granted, Monday... Like, it's got to be one of the top grocery shopping days of the entire year. It's a big one. Right, because you're it's coming out of the, yeah, the Thanksgiving week, and your house exploded, and there's pie everywhere, but you don't have, like, the kids' lunches or just dinner for the next true, true. whatever. So I get it, because I went at about, I don't know, 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, but I'm telling you, I mean, I didn't even have any lettuce left. It was just gone. Yeah. Empty shelves everywhere. And, and to your point about tough, uh, and transit and transportation, so I live in the East Bay, and so my choices are a $7 bridge, which is, it's an hour at the Baybridge Toll Plaza, guaranteed, and you get cut off by 10 to 11 people, and you want to hurt somebody. Or you take BART, $8 round trip. I've been taking the ferry, $9 round trip. So it's basically a pick your poison kind of deal. Do you want to Do you want to save a buck? And idle your car and burn gas at the Bay Bridge. <laughs> do you want to jump on BART next to 17 people with BO and not have a seat? Or do you want to jump on the boat and just take the boat over I, and walk? I vote whatever takes you the longest. Just hang out with us and we'll make you feel better. That's that's what I'm. That's my vote. Time spent listening. That's my that that's my vote. So well, everybody's doing all of it. By yeah, the way, well, no, <laughs> so yeah, no joke, no that. joke. Yeah, all of it. By the way, is uh, is what we've got today. Like good stuff from Mike Silver on the 49ers. We got the voice of the Mavs, Chuck Cooperstein, coming up at the top of the hour. Warriors and Mavs today. We spent three weeks going. Why aren't the Warriors better? Now they're better. So let's find out why the Mavs aren't better. They're 9-10. and 10. The Warriors are road favorites tonight. Uh, point and a half. Yeah, a couple points, point and a half. Um, but yeah, they're favorites in this game tonight at Dallas. Dallas is much better at home, but Warriors favorite in this one. And uh, and and we got the World Cup coming up here in 41 minutes. So um, I know you had mentioned earlier today the Brian Baldinger visit yeah. this morning with, uh, with Bonte and Joe. Get into some of that. 10.30, we can uh, talk about that moment with the uh, the Warriors over the weekend, plus a little World Cup primer. You should Good. let everybody know what's going to happen. I okay. know you've got a very spe- uh, specific prediction yeah, as to how... Yeah. Th- it, I looked at your prediction, made me want to throw up a little bit because it sounds nerve-wracking. D- big time sounds very, very nerve-wracking. So... I hope you're wrong, even though your result was good. Yeah. But we, we can talk about that in a little bit. Well, we do nerve-wracking. We don't do a comfortable advancement in the World Cup. It's what we do as a United States men's national team. We don't do comfortable advancements. Yeah. We just no, don't. You're right. You're right. I'm hoping today is different on that. Um, but here's Baldinger. Bonte and Joe this morning have Baldy on. And his breakdowns, as you know, if you're a 95.7 The Game listener, are absolutely fantastic. And there, I think there's two things right now that are at the forefront of everyone's mind if you're a 49er fan. Number one is the defense. Number one. Number one. Thank you. Yeah. We, as an organization, <laughs> you're using it all. feel like our defense <laughs> is our staple. And they are. I mean, come on. No matter who you're playing, these stats, four shutouts in the second half in a row. So Baldy had this to say about the actual effectiveness of the defense, which will face its stiffest test this weekend. They're playing as well as anybody. I mean, they're really coordinated. They didn't, I don't think they blitzed once the other day against New Orleans. I think they rushed four. The linebackers were as good as I've seen them play all year, including Aziz in there, played quite a bit, uh, along with Huff. I mean, that layer 
of defense was just, they just swarmed New Orleans. And, you know, Alvin Kamara is a great player, a great player in this league. To see him fumble twice <laughs> because of forced fumbles. You know, Fred just cocked that right hand of his and just punched the ball out. Like, not many guys know how to do that. Uh, you know, and then to see Huff just, like, spinning him sideways going into score. Um, you know, those, those are just, those are game-changing plays right there. And it started on third play of the game, and then when the closest they got to the goal line all day, you know, they delivered another punch. And so, to answer your question, I don't see anybody playing any better. Okay, so he- here's the thing about this defense right now. They're a little bit like a Snuggie. You know how everybody and all the flu and the COVID and everything's going around, and when you got it, all you want to do is just, like, curl up in your bed with that big blanket? That's the 49ers defense, and here's what I mean. Like, this is what, when you need comfort food... You've got the 49er defense. We can scream at each other, and we will, for at least six more months about Jimmy Garoppolo and why don't they get this guy involved. But when you got the best defense in the league, you go far in the playoffs. Yeah, It's a rule. It's literally it's a statistical it historical is a statistical fact. fact. And, so, and when Fred Warner cocks his arm and punches the ball out, you know you're on to something. Good things happen. And Huff able to rally up and drive the ball out. A couple but of big red zone turns. I'm anti that nickname, though. Because if we start calling him Huff, then we don't get Hufunga. I want to say the whole name. I don't want to call him Huff. Yeah. Well, I mean, And, and I got other reasons in the history of this city for not wanting to Hufunga? call him. Yeah, exactly. it's a Hufunga. I'm not calling him Huff. He's yeah. not a Huff. He's a Hufunga. I mean, shout out Michael Huff. And I, I know you're referring to a different Huff. Uh, whom had about a six-week run on this radio station, yeah. which you, yeah. I don't even know if you knew that era. Yes, I did. So we get blown out, the Rise guys, in 2014, <laughs> and they replace it with Buker, Towney, and Huff. And uh, it lasted about six weeks. Okay. <laughs> All right. Gone. Yeah. 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 Gone too soon? No, not really. No, no, no. Stay too long? No, and he had a and he had a six month run of uh, of of helping the Giants to a twenty ten World Series championship. So uh, we will always have that. But anyway, I'm not calling him Huff. I'm gonna call him Hufanga. Okay, that works. Are we good with that? Yeah, it's good. I got it's time good for, for three syllables. Okay, I do. <laughs> you, you, you know what time. I mean? I saw a great comedy bit uh, over the weekend. That was like, why does everybody, when they're giving you a website, why do they do the www? Like, what's www short for? World Wide Web. How many syllables is World Wide Web? Three. How many syllables is www? Six, I think. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> www. Why are we... All you did was make it way harder. So, worldwideweb.hufanga.com. I'm keeping it there. You mentioned Jimmy in the red zone. So here's Baldy on quarterbacks and ranking them through their red zone play. Yes and no, Joe, because if you're going to say, if you, if you compare everybody to Mahomes, uh, which isn't really fair, but if yeah. you do, yeah. his ability just to extend plays is uncanny. And then, to, and then to have the rocket arm when there is a sliver of an opening to make the throw. We see it every week, right? Mm-hmm. So Jimmy doesn't have that game. He doesn't have that ability to just get outside the pocket and then create every once in a while. Yes, he can. But it's really not his game. And so he kind of has to do it from the pocket, and it just limits where you can go with the ball. So here, here's the thing about that. I think that's all truth. I think that's all truth. Baldy speaks the truth. But I also don't think that's something that we can hang around Jimmy. Like what he just said in that comment was, he's not... Mahomes. Yeah. 
He's not Jalen Hurts. Ru- he's not Lamar Jackson. Well, even Jalen Hurts. He's not Russell Wilson. But Jalen Hurts, oh, he'd he way better than Russell Wilson this year. Well, at least Russell could bring it down and maybe make something happen with his legs. Back in the day. But, my, yeah, Jalen and Lamar can't do what Mahomes does. Now, they, can, they, they do it a different way. They do it with their legs. Um, Josh Allen, he can do it in every way. He's going to do it with his legs. He's going to do it with his arms. He's going to do it with all the stuff, even though he leads the NFL in interceptions. If if all we can say about Jimmy is he's not Mahomes, well, join the damn club. I actually, I mean, the red zone has not been perfect this year, but it's been okay, right? Jimmy hasn't been bad. He hasn't thrown. He hasn't turned the ball over in the red zone a bunch they this year. They are fifty five point five five percent in the red zone, which is fifteenth. It's not all Jimmy though. Some of that I know is play calling. Like well, we've got a lot yeah. of questions. In the fourth about, and one, I, I would I would put on Kyle and that right, was a bad play right. call. Red zone down nine percentage points from yeah. last year. Yeah. Last year they were sixty four point four. This year they're fifty five point six. So red zone has not been as good. And again, you're right, Mark. It's not all on Jimmy. But what Baldy said, I thought resonated with me. You're very one dimensional when it comes to the red zone offense in terms of the quarterback position because if the play breaks down. He can't make a play on his own. Warriors looking to make it four in a row tonight when they visit Luka and the Mavs. Coverage at 3.30 with a 4.30 tip right here on 95.7 The Game and the free Odyssey app. Coming up next on Willard and Dibs, did the moment Warrior fans have all been waiting for happen while you were watching the 49er game? Plus, World Cup Primer were 33 minutes away on 95.7 The Game. Let's go. Let's go. You're so into it. You stole that jersey. I stole from, it. From one of our fellow staff members. He walked out of the office. <laughs> and Jake's like, dude, what are you what are you doing? That's mine. No, he actually didn't do that because poor Jake, like, and I try not to do this, especially, you know, like you and I, we've been around the block a couple times in this business. We've been around the block a couple times. I'll say. Oh Jake, Jake's been working here for about 14 seconds. By the way, he works with me over at Pac-12 Network as well. We have broken bread and watched Penn State football together. Did you steal from okay? there, too? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, there's sandwiches in the other room, and if there's only one left, I get it. I've been working here longer, okay, brother? Nice. So I came out there, and this this beautiful USA jersey is just sitting there on the couch. And I look around at about 10 people. Whose is this? Whose is this? And everyone's like, I'm not sure, not sure. Till finally great E-Dog comes out and goes, oh, that's Jake's. Jake's like hiding down in the boss's office or something, probably getting scolded for something he didn't do yesterday. I don't know. Look, Jake. Again, he's only been here 14 seconds, so he gets blamed for everything. Look, 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 Jake, Jake, Jake. Comes walking down the hall, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's mine. And I'm like, I'm wearing this. And that young man, oh, man had no opportunity to say no. Like, I stole his clothes. Sucks. I completely used the juice that I've got. He looked at me like, 
you could tell in his eyes, he's like, I, I don't, I don't like this. I don't want you. I'm in my 90 day trial period. I, yeah, I don't want you, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think I want to anger you either. So sure, you won't like him when put, he's angry, put Jake. It, put it on. Uh, yeah. Yes, wear it. G -g Go ahead, Mick. So I told him I'm not going to steal it. But I'm going to wear it at least for right now as we get a little primer. Okay? We got some dub stuff. Chuck Cooperstein, voice of the Mavs, going to join and us in 25 minutes. for those who aren't minutes. on the YouTube and the Twitch feed, yeah. it is a hockey sweater. It's, it is a sweater, it's yes. Not a it's not a jersey. soccer jersey. It's not a soccer jersey. No. He gets full points, though. It's America. It's red, white, and it blue. Is. It's USA. And I believe that we will win, and I know that's a campy chant, but I still, I actually do. I, I believe that we will win. Yeah, today. and I believe that we will fall behind. one nothing, <laughs> as I previously really? indicated. Yes, it'll be a, a Pulisic equalizer, a Weston McKinney late game winner. USA 2, Iran. You hear that, Steiny? Pronounce it right. Iran. Iran 1. Yeah, so I hate your prediction. Mm -hmm. Except for the whole winning part, right? But that sounds oh my god! That sounds like more than I can take. We're not going to fall behind. We can't fall behind. I believe that we will trail. If we trail, Iran is going to just stand in front of the goal. They're going to anyway. I understand that they're going to do an eleven-man barricade. Iran only needs a tie. The U.S. needs a dub. And so, by the way, Iran can draw and still not advance. That's if, true. If Wales beats England, unlikely. Well, but, but possible. Very possible. Sure, sure, if sure, Wales sure. beats Wales England, then Iran can't just advance with the draw. And this is the beauty. And I have Chuck Chuck Cooperstein in moments, but the beauty of the no, simultaneous he, he matches. I thought time. we were doing it at ten thirty. Are we? Oh, then I'll stretch it out. Yeah, no, the Chuck's at 11. Of, yeah, Chuck's at 11. We're one good. of the beauties of the World Cup format to me, Mark, is something that Major League Baseball and actually the NFL have finally started to emulate. It's an emulation sensation. Simultaneous matches. These matches will happen exactly at the same moment. The games will kick at the same moment. That way there's no advantage for, for example, if Wales went out and they lost to England before the USA takes on Iran. Now Iran knows. Iran knows exactly they what they need, need to have happen. Yep. So there will be an Iranian um, expert, somebody watching and giving advice. Hey, Wales is up one nothing. A draw is no longer good for us. So there will be sort of an evolution as this match goes on, not only for Wales and England, but for Iran and the USA. So you well. think Iran will come out with a certain level of offensive aggressiveness? No. Absolutely no, they not. won't. No. No. no because they're assuming that Wales is not going to beat England. Exactly. But if Wales is able to strike, Gareth Bale, if he's able to strike and take a lead on England, they're going to know that. There'll be a scoreboard in-house. People will be monitoring it on their phones. And at that point, Iran may have to change their tactics. Okay. All right. So, um, your prediction is we fall behind one nothing, and then come back to win that sounds like a terrible watch with 10 seconds of elation sensation at the end. And uh, I'm out on your, your prediction. Uh, the U.S. needs to score in the first half. They yeah. need to, especially because of the story of what has happened so far. They have only scored one goal right. in the entire right. World Cup to suddenly go into the second half down one nil or even just anything nil. I, I, I think at a certain point, there's a, there, I don't know how you don't have a confidence issue offensively at that point. Especially when you're the third youngest team in the entire World Cup. And this has been a pattern, not only in this World Cup, this cycle, but throughout the history of the U.S., and I, I tweeted this out, I believe in 35 career World Cup matches by the United States, we've scored 38 total goals. We average about 1.08 goals 
per match, which is putrid. It is. Not Pulisic, it's putrid. It's putrid. Okay. Pulisic will score today. And uh, go ahead and put that as your, your wild prop bet. All right. Um, I, one goal is one goal is fine today. We can score just one as long as Iran scores none. That's fine. I'm good with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally good with two, it. 2-1. Go ahead and bet the over. It's okay. a 2-1 final. All right. What is the over-under on this one? Probably is, two and a half. Two Might and just half. be two, actually. I'd have to, I'd have to Google right. it. Uh, one of our faithful listeners on uh, and watchers on YouTube, Drew Down. Mark looks like he's about to coach the uh, Mighty Ducks. Um, yeah, I do. By the way, I went to it, and I know that they're just the Ducks now. I went to a Ducks game over the uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. I saw that. Yeah, my family down there, they're Ducks fans. And we are uh, what what you would call hangers-on, uh, me and my kids, where we get invited to these Ducks games every Thanksgiving, and we're like, yeah, well, you got nothing else to do. Let's just go to a Ducks game. And I always do a little thing. I don't tell my nephew and I don't tell my nieces because they're actual fans. Like, they've got gear. They've got hats. They've got sweaters. They've got hoodies. They are like... I mean, screaming and yelling about the Ducks, who are, by the way, the worst team in hockey, and the building is at least half empty. And they got more cups than the Sharks do, though. That's fair, but they're also they're playing the New York Rangers, and so that's always a fan base, right? So Anaheim is half empty, and then the half that's full is half Rangers fans. So you got a quarter of a stadium with Ducks fans. But I was just I go to my uh, I go to my betting app, and I'm like, oh. yeah, you just will take. Uh, I took the under on Rangers goals, so that way I can act for one night like I'm a Ducks fan. And the Ducks got their only regulation win of the whole year with us in the building. Got outshot like two to one, but <laughs> they won. Yeah. So it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. So maybe that. Maybe this is, I don't know, it's getting into my blood here. Maybe. Maybe. I almost got thrown out of uh, the Honda Center at a uh, Sharks-Ducks oh. playoff game. I went down there with a guy named Primetime. I don't know if you know Prime. Uh, oh, Primetime. I've been around the block once or twice. Brian with Smith. Primetime. Primetime. Prime so I get off the air and I go, Prime, let's go. Road trip. We drive down to Anaheim. Sharks, Ducks, playoff game. By the time I get there, it was an inebriation sensation, <laughs> without a doubt. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty lubricated in the first period. Sharks score to take a lead, and I go crazy. Rally towels were given out that night. So I over-celebrate. I run down the aisle down by the glass, and I'm pumping my fist, and I'm pointing at Ducks fans. You know, I'm giving them the whole thing. I walk back to my seat, and this older gentleman whips me with the rally towel in the face. So I swivel he around. He did at a Ducks-Sharks game? The guy had to, be about, he had to be about 60. And at the time, I was about 39, 40, whatever. And I look down at him and I say, whip me again. Whip me again. Because uh-huh. I am I would dive at him headbutt because that's headbutt's my move. So by the time I confront this guy, security comes up and they grab me. And they're like, you know, telling me this and that. And I said, sir... To the security, the security guard, I said, the man whipped me with the towel. I simply said, whip me again. I didn't strike him. I didn't touch him. They go down there. They apprehend the whipper. They come up. They talk to him. They talk to me. The whipper, gone. Oh, the whipper he's got snapped. ejected. As he's getting ejected, my buddy Dion walks up with two giant 32-ounce beers. <laughs> and I'm giving him the sign like, no, no, no. Not now, bro. Not now. Not now. Maybe in the seats. Uh, beer, I got you a beer, dude. dude. Yeah, we're back, bro. We're back. <laughs> Hang in there, big guy. Totally, bro. Hey, brighter days ahead. Sharks lose, but I won that day. Uh, it's the only wow. time I went to a Ducks home game. What did he do when you said whip me again? 
he was like, he was just kind of standing there menacing <laughs> at me. I was like, dude, whip me again. Yeah. Just whip me again. I mean, you kind of Jock Peterson. Oh. I mean, everybody ripped Jock because he didn't hit back. Maybe he said, slap me again, Tommy. No, he didn't. Slap me again. He said, oh, Tommy, it was a, it was a legal pickup based on the rules of our fantasy football <laughs> parameters. Join my league this year. Call 1-800-JOCK-JOCK-JOCK. Join my fantasy league. Anyway. Anyhow. Um, um, hey, did you miss the entire Warrior game on Sunday? No. Nope. It happened to be right in the midst of, I don't know, a 49er game. I know these are accidents. They're not happy accidents. Stop putting Warrior games during 49er games. I don't like it. Yes, I have multiple TVs. I don't like it. I want to focus. Thank you, Warriors, for playing on Tuesday night. Because as you know, Tuesdays are the worst day of the week. There's no football. We're not smelling the weekend yet. We need something. Give me Warriors match. No love for Maction, huh? Nah, nah. I'm out this year on the Maction. So anyway, we got World Cup. We got Warriors. And here's the thing you may have missed. This was beautiful. And it was hilarious all at the same time. Can you give the blow-by-blow of Jordan Poole hitting the three and then Draymond Green getting teed up? I actually, From the bench. Yeah, Poole drives in and gets a layup. Oh, nice, was it a layup? Nifty okay. move. Draymond Green celebrates, but doesn't really over-celebrate. But Draymond Green comes off the bench, and he's on the floor. And the officials, and by the way, this is about a minute or so to go in the game. Warriors are up by 15 right. or 20. The game is over. Right. Draymond celebrates, comes on the court. All of a sudden, you see it off camera. You see Jordan Poole look like, wait, what? Draymond Green gets a technical foul for being on the floor and celebrating. And the Warriors are, you know, they're not super mad. Draymond's animated, but like... Are you kidding me? I got a tee for this. Why'd you tee me up? Right. I just, I celebrated and Draymond was actually showing, I only came to here. I didn't go to there. I was only here. And the refs are like, I don't want to hear it. It's a technical whatever. They hit the free throw. It's good. A couple trips later, DiVincenzo wide open, spot him, got him, three ball. Steph Curry comes off the bench, gets (laughs) under the basket. All the way under the hoop. And he is waving the towel. And he's basically like towel snapping it at the ref as if to say, Look at me. You want a celebration? This is over-celebrating. How you like me now? And with his, like, mean scowl face, and uh, he gets a tee, turns to the bench, and they are just (laughs) dying. Yes. Dying. Kevon Looney's holding his stomach. He's laughing. Draymond and Steph are obviously connected on the whole thing. This started with a Jordan Poole drive bucket, as you said. Yeah. And I just watched the whole thing, and I thought... Kerr's laughing, Q's laughing. They're all laughing. I'm like, there you guys are. Yep. We missed you. We've been looking for you. You were on the side of a milk carton. The joy. Where the hell have you been? Yeah. And I know the answer. We all know the answers. Losing combined with teammates punching teammates pressure of the championship Japan trip everything I get it so this isn't a lack of understanding of the story but that's one of those things almost like a golfer's confidence you can't just say let's get it back and get it back it has to come back organically it starts with the fact that the Warriors are now winning basketball games they look like themselves again is that because all of the young guys, starting with James Wiseman, aren't on the floor anymore. That's a different concern, but it does look like that. As soon as they got those guys out of the rotation, things started to click again. So it starts with that, but 
as you and I sat there and watched that together, I thought to myself, man, that is a way more important moment than people will give it credit for. You will either not see it because it's in the middle of a 49er game and is a 20-point blowout in the fourth quarter, or you will see it or you'll see the highlight and you'll laugh. I'm going to take it way deeper than that. For me, that was the moment that the warrior joy returned to the floor. It is how they play. It is who they are. It is why they have four rings. And they are not going to do anything close to a fifth until they get that back. And that was the first moment that I saw it up and down the whole bench yeah. from the front of it to the end of it. Except for the one guy in the middle who may have been uh, more worried about the barnacles on his bow. You, you watch Clay Thompson during that. Well, Clay. It's like Clay doesn't even know what's going on. <laughs> Clay's in his own world and yeah, he always exactly. has been, so that's fine. No, and it's hilarious, though, because Clay's you look like, and everybody's like, they're either openly laughing or right. most of them are covering their mouth so that they can say, like, oh, I can't believe you blanket did that to that ref or like, blank you ref, you see that? Whatever they're doing, they're laughing, they're holding their sides, and it was a pretty funny moment because it was Steph Curry, the baby-faced assassin, Mr. Mild-mannered. By the way, fourth technical foul for Steph. He's on a mission. Do Don't we have to stop start him. worrying about the 16 tech uh, suspension? <laughs> totally. The mandatory one game. Totally. Just time it so it happens with a game where you were going to load manage sure, anyway. Exactly. That's like, not whatever. Bad. I mean, it was. He's on one, but it was a truly beautiful moment. Even oh. Steve Kerr, he couldn't help but laugh. I mean, Wiggins was laughing. Yeah. You got Wiggins to smile. Yeah. And sure, that, not I mean, Clay, but whatever. Clay's yeah, too slow. It doesn't even matter. Man, I wish my boat was here. Seriously, I'd like to sail on out of here. This game is over. <laughs> I'd love to get in there and shoot a couple more threes. Hey, you know what you and I haven't had a chance to do? Because I departed for a week. Can we circle back for a second? Not just the return of the joy for the Warriors. It's the return of Clay Thompson. Yes, sir. When I left here for Thanksgiving break, this whole city was talking about benching, was talking about shot selection, was talking about finding new ways to minimize Clay Thompson on this team. And I think we all got it. We understand that it's a push-pull. He he wasn't playing well. He wasn't shooting well. It was a it was a factor in the Warriors losing. But what I think the Warriors understood that maybe some fans didn't or in the moment couldn't is this. The Warriors aren't going to go anywhere without Clay being Clay. So you might as well take the patience to see if you can get Clay to look like some form of Clay because it's not going to work anyway. You can bench him. Well, we're going to start pool. And then if you don't have these guys at the height of their powers, you're not going to win. So you might as well invest in the patience and hope that you can get them going. And what I think the Warriors also do better than us emotional fans is they also, they're like this Clay. He didn't forget how to play basketball. Yes, his career is on the downward end. He knows that. He's been through hell. But, man, there was nothing better than that first quarter where Clay came out and just, I can't remember what night that was, but you remember. Against Houston. Yes. Well, I mean, just hit all the threes. Just went crazy right out the gate in the first quarter. And and no surprise that that has coincided with a winning streak. Yes, and I'm just really glad that I, I never got off the clay bandwagon. <coughs> Said no one. <coughs> I mean, 
We all, yeah. I, ne- I, to my defense, Danny I never up. once said, <laughs> I never once said that he should come off the bench because I never, no, no, you I never thought that that was going to be a possibility. Now, did I say Clay needs to take better shots? Yeah, the team said the exact same thing. So, and, and that's what we've seen since the game where he went three of thirteen in a win over Cleveland. Then they lose to Sacramento. He goes six of sixteen. They lose to Phoenix. He goes six of seventeen. Since then, they're five and zero. Oh, when Clay plays, 8 of 16, 14 of 23 in the win yeah. over Houston, 5 of 10 in the win over the Clippers, 7 of 16, he had 20 points in a win over Utah, and then he came out in 30 minutes, 8 of 13 for 21 in the win over Minnesota. Clay feels better about himself, and it's showing up in his play. The whole thing suddenly feels and looks different, and it's interesting, too, when Clay needs to take better shots. Did Clay need? I'm not. Look, you're right. Steve Kerr said it too. So who am I to say? Right. Yeah, yeah. Shot selection needed to change, but it's not really that he needed to take better shots. Just, just shots needed to go in. That I mean, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry have made a living at taking bad shots. Go back to Oklahoma City, Clay. Those aren't good shots. They're terrible shots. They're low percentage shots. They're contested shots. They're awful, but they go in. That's why they are the two best. That's why they have a nickname called the Splash Brothers. There are a few things that I've learned to live with with Warrior Basketball. Bad shot selection and turnovers. They're going to be higher than they are with other teams because of who they are. Um, And they're able to function in that environment and still win. Go back to turnovers per game last year. The Warriors are one of the worst teams in the whole NBA. And had a parade. Yes. Right? So, But at the same time, when they have a team meeting and they talk about elephants in the room and one of the first elephants that they address is Clay Thompson's shot selection. This is the team themselves. It's more than just, oh, yeah, it's game six Clay. It's the Claymaker. Go ahead and shoot all every time you want. Well, you're not that player right now. You might be that player again, but for right now, you got to knock it off. And he's responded to that. He's taking better shots. He's not taking the first shot that comes his way. Yep. So you're right, Mark, and there's a certain amount, especially with Clay Thompson, you want him to play the way he's always played, which is, do you, Clay? I mean, he, he wasn't laughing at Steph Curry and his over-celebrating. I don't even know if he saw it. Clay was right. doing his own thing. <laughs> he's always... Yeah, yeah Clay's well, on his own journey. You know what I want for Christmas? I want that screen, that's, that invisible screen that's over Clay's face. Right. I don't know what he's watching. He's watching the bay, his dog, he's meditating. Exactly. It's like... He doesn't see what the heck's going on, right? He's just in his own world. I want his ability to compartmentalize, exactly, to not be affected because, you know, I don't think, I'm sure he thought about, geez, I'm not having a great year and all that, but I don't think that he was struggling because of all the outside noise. He was struggling with a lack of confidence because he knew for himself he wasn't playing. No, he had, look, he admitted that social media got to him. We've all been there. Um, you know, that's a that's a skill. That is actually a muscle that you need to train. It's a little surprising to me sometimes when massive celebrities have a hard time with social media, except for they get a whole lot more of it. Lamar Jackson 
got got you know into a situation where he made completely inappropriate comments because somebody on social media got under his skin. But look, I mean, I, we I've had conversations with the, about this with people who you know, I mean, we get one one millionth of what uh, uh, an actual celebrity is going to get on Twitter. But there's also not a day that goes by where there isn't someone on social media is like, dude, you suck. You stink or that's stupid what you said. You have to train the muscle to be able to just be like, whatever, right? Like somebody with a keyboard, right. whatever. Like, but that, we all went through that. I'm sure when Twitter started, whatever it was, what was it? 20 years ago? I Whatever it was. About 15, yeah. Yeah. You probably had to get, and I remember, you know, gosh, it used to be emails before it was Twitter, where like when you're a young don't broadcaster. Check the fax machine. <laughs> Those faxes will blow you up. Have a take, don't suck, fax us. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, but it bothers you for a while. Yeah. Until you learn how to not let it bother you. Yes, and I think that the thing that bothered Clay the most was the fact that he was letting his teammates down since the team meeting, Mark. In games that Clay played, they are 5 and 0, and he is a plus. 83. Damn. Plus Damn. 83. That's like the best meeting of all time. Meetings don't usually work. That one did. Yeah. I'm going to ask Chuck Cooperstein, who joins us next, about yep. the one area that I'm most troubled about for tonight. And it doesn't involve the opening six minutes of the ball game. Okay. All right. And uh, we'll it's also, called the teens, Peyton. It sure is. And we'll find out why the Mavs aren't better. They're 9 and 10. They're I got boys. Mavs stat even Chuck doesn't know about. Uh, That's sh- coming up next on the A's cast. <laughs> Thank you. And that is what's coming up next on the game. Brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking. No compromises. Also sponsored by ChooseChange.org. Voice of the Mavs. Chuck Cooperstein coming up next. And yeah, all rise. Not for Aaron Judge. I believe that we will win. Weather and Dibs, 95.7 the game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 